Previously on Just Cow in the City. Now you gotta pick up the bus on Patterson Plank Road, wherever the fuck that is. But they didn't have the Oktoberfest. Hey, uh, my friend needs a shirt he can wear four days in a row. Have you ever heard anybody with such stupid problems? Why are you ordering soup? You need to do the thing I hate the most when you go, what are we in a rush? No one showed up except Sasha Baron Cohen. I go to Pete's Coffee. Yeah, we're out of coffee. And I'm like, what? That's because he's an ass He's always in trouble As if he was a third grader He's like Barney Rubble He seems pretty dumb But he always has fun Just cow in the city Sometimes he's witty when the pressure is low. Just cow in the city. He's dynamite. Podcast should be on the radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting podcast of Just Cow in the City, the city of New York, for October 24th, 2023. New York City, dark. And gloomy today. Boy, there's nothing worse than having your... Well, actually, it's not so bad if you don't have any plans than just sitting in the rain. But I I slept until 3 o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) because it was just not getting light. So it was easy, and I think I deserved it, and I needed it. And now I just had a cup of coffee, but I need more. I didn't have enough coffee. I was actually... And I just made it at my house. I didn't even leave the house because it's so yucky out today. I'm like, why would I go out? On a day like today, when normally I have to say, I can't believe I didn't go out on a day like today. Because certainly, really, no matter what the weather is, sometimes I choose not to go out. But I already have plans on tomorrow, and or Saturday, rather, because I'm taping on Friday. And so I don't feel that bad about it. All right? Because that's how I work my life. And, of course, I went out yesterday and all that kind of jazz. So... Everything is cool. It's just a really yucky day. It's supposed to be a pretty yucky weekend in New York City. And it has rained seven weekends in a row in New York City. And normally, that doesn't bother a guy like Dave Juska because he works on the weekend. So who cares? Normally, even though I did go out last weekend. In fact, why don't we start from there? And let me just say before we do, a happy hello to everyone. And I hope you're having a lovely week, and a super fun October. And besides the rain, the weather is perfect the way it should be, like a little chill in the air. And I mean, one day it was really cold. You're just not expecting it at nighttime, even though you should be, because it is Rocktober. But my goodness, it's already October 24th. It's almost Halloween already, and then it's just really over. Then it's just, it, it, it becomes New Year's so quick. I know we talk about it all the time, but it's true, right? I know I'm not crazier on this. Anyway, on fr- last Friday night, I did make plans, if you can believe it, and went out. And I should have made plans this Friday, like tonight, but I was like, well, you know what? I'm going out. I, I don't know. I got a lot going on. I'm going out the next two weekends. I'm a little uptight about it, and I'll tell you why in a second. 
And I'm like, but Friday nights, I like going out, which is weird because Wednesdays are all messed up. But I think Wednesdays are going to go back to normal. Wednesdays will be my Friday. But still, Friday nights are normal people going out nights. So I like to have one bit of normalcy and go on Friday nights with the normal people. Although if you're a comic, then Friday nights aren't normal to go out. So I'm such a mess and in between everything that I can't figure it out right. But we did uh, go out to dinner with my friend uh, outside Steve and Alina and her husband and it was real fun. I just took the bike over to the uh, Upper West Side, and that was uh, a nice ride in the fall going around Central Park and hung out with them and, and, and her, uh, their kid for a while. Uh, her, their kid and her friends came over. I guess they're about 15, maybe 16, and it was just really funny. I was just talking. We were all The four of us are at a table, and I'm just talking to them as I would anyone else and, of course, we're talking about my class because they're interested. And, like, well, you do a class on Clueless? And, like, well, what I wanted to do was the Devil Wears Prada. They're like, oh, because I know how to talk to 16-year-old girls. I have something to say to them. And then you're supposed to say, the audience, say, you have nothing to say to 16-year-old girls because that's right out of Tootsie. I have a lot to say to women. You have nothing to say to women, Michael. <laughs> and that's the way I live my life. Everyone gets treated the same. Again, whether you're 8 to 80, but now I have to move that from uh, 9 to 90, because now I deal with a lot of 90-year-olds, everyone gets treated the same. Everyone. You know that. I've gotten no fights with uh, many 9 or 11-year-olds in this building, and uh, sometimes we make up and sometimes we don't, and that's you just get treated exactly the same. <laughs> I think, I'll just say, that's, I guess what makes me an okay teacher is that even though these kids are 20, I know how to certainly talk to 20-year-olds because I meet a lot of them in social settings, 21 for sure. So, again, everybody gets treated the same, and that's the key. Anyway, we couldn't decide where to go, and we end up going to this actually lovely Italian restaurant. What was it, was it called? Uh, something, it was like something meatballs. The, guy, the guy's name was like, you know, Joey Meatballs. He's the inventor of the meatball. <laughs> this guy that owns this place on the Upper West Side. Now I can't remember the name of the goddamn place. And they're known for their meatballs. And I'm like, that sounds good to me. It's an Italian place. It's nice and small, little family place. Everybody minds their own business. It's perfect. You could actually plant a gun in the back if you... Anyway, it, it was really nice. But the problem was that apparently Alina has gotten into a fight with the owner's wife before. So she was afraid to go back if she was going to be there. That was going to be the problem. Now do you understand why I like this woman, Alina? Do you get it now? We have the exact same issues. Whether she likes it or not and wants to compare herself to me or not, it's unfortunate. We're exactly the same. I mean, she's smarter and stuff and, you know, just to save people's lives and everything. I maybe don't do that. Maybe I do through comedy. But she has the exact same. Oh, we can't go there. I got into a fight with the owner's wife. I'm like, yeah, See, that, that's something I can respect. See, that's an answer I can take why we can't go to a restaurant. But we went anyway. And the owner's wife was there. And I could see where she could have gotten into a fight with her. She's a little prickly, but she was very nice tonight. Who knows if she even remembers Alina. But it was hilarious because we were waiting <laughs> for there to be an issue. But the guy, the owner, was nice. I think he recognizes them and sat us uh, right away, which was very nice. And uh, we had a, a really a lovely dinner. In fact, so lovely that Alina was like, can we have some grated cheese? And I'm like, better you ask 
since that seems to be a problem with me every time. And I will tell you, I got the shrimp parmesan. It was fantastic. Everybody else got the chicken parm or veal parm. Yeah, which sometimes is good. But, you know, I get that all the time. So I thought I'd try something different. So he's putting the grated cheese on the plate. And then Alina goes, can you leave it? And he goes, sure. You know that wouldn't have happened to me. I would have said, hey, can you leave this? Oh, I have to pass it around to another customer. Listen. So the fact that she says they don't like her there, I don't know about that. They left it on the table. I, I'm pretty sure I took a picture of it. I, I hope I did. I, I might have been in the middle of my meal. I, I, can't, I don't know how she worked it out. I can't believe I never thought of that before. Oh, can you leave that? I wonder what they'd say. You know I'm trying it next time. Hey, can you leave that cheese? No. <laughs> you know they're going to say that. I don't know how she got it. I was just like, well, there's, a, there's the podcast. <laughs> We're done. I don't need to go out at all this week. I'm finished. I don't know how she did it. Meanwhile, those guys uh, wanted to go to a haunted house after uh, Steve had some sort of deal in the village. He knew the guy that was running it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, folks. Not interested. I will not go to a haunted house. I do not like them. The idea of it seems like fun, but people jumping out. It's like if it's like a Disney haunted house, (laughs) like the ride. I'm good with that, but I don't like regular people jumping out. If it's animatronics or puppetry, I'm good with that, but no, no way. I, it drives me nuts. In fact, there's a, there's an episode of The Big Bang Theory where they go to a, what do you call it, the, the escape room, and they're locked in there with a live person, and it disturbs me. That kind of shit just drives me crazy. I mean, let's just say I'm, I'm scared enough to go in anyway. I, you know, I, I'm afraid of stuff, but, but let's say that's not the case it's just it's the human element that the people touching you i don't understand how everybody else is okay with that i have to deal with that in new york city on a daily basis the thought of somebody coming too close or touching i don't need it in a haunted house i don't like it's funny that i like to hug people and i really like to hug people and shake people's hands but besides that I don't like people touching me at all. I have a major problem with intimacy, which is odd because it doesn't seem that way like when you meet me or whatever, but uh, it's probably been a problem like sexually because I do have a problem that my sister and I both, because our parents weren't very affectionate. I think that's where it comes from. My sister's a mess too. Dory's a mess. They're not huggers. I like to hug, but I still have a problem with intimacy. So I do not want somebody I don't know in my face, especially after COVID, haunted house, not for me. I felt bad for Steve. I think he wants somebody to go to. Don't feel that bad for him. He got them to go the next night, and they had a great time. They sent me a picture, and it was really funny and cute, but I couldn't have been happier. Like, no fear of missing out. I mean, the best picture they could have sent me was them then after the haunted house meeting taylor swift in that haunted house and going out to dinner with her i mean okay that would have probably given me a little foma or fomo right i keep missing up the letters yes that would have worked but other than that i'm so glad you found somebody to go with and i'm so glad it wasn't me Haunted houses, just if it's that way, not interested. Although I could ride that haunted mansion ride in Disney a hundred times because it's awesome. And you're also in a cart. You know you get to leave. 
And you also know nobody's going to be touching you. Oh, man, that drive me nuts. In elementary school, we had a haunted house. I'm like, as long as nobody's touching me. And then, of course, somebody touches you. And it's like, Ugh! I'm surprised people like that in this day and age. It's just kind of weird. But whatever. Again, as long as I don't have to go, the hell do I care if everybody wants to have a good time? And that's how they have it. Right? As long as it doesn't affect me. And it's funny because you're like, yeah, right, Just Gow. It's bothering you that they exist anyway. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to be Jessica Dan and say, hey, cool. Hey, whatever anybody wants, right? But meanwhile, I want them all banished. <laughs> all haunted houses. Oh, that's good stuff. I am Dorothy. Dorothy is me. Nobody's writing that part. It's coming out of me. You are Michael. You're acting, Dorothy. It's the same thing. There's a woman in me. I'm experiencing Let's these feelings. Way with this. Why can't you get me a special? Please, I could sing as Dorothy. I could do some monologues. I feel I have something to say to women. Something Listen to me, meaningful. Michael. You have nothing to say to women. That's not true. I have plenty to say to women. Anyway, on Saturday, you know, we had the big show out in Rutherford with me and my friend Rachel Lenahan. Uh, who I also hung out with the next night and the next night after that. Now that I think about it, isn't that funny? The one I had on the show on Tuesday, she was also at the show on Saturday. If you've watched the uh, Tuesday show, really cute Rachel Linehan uh, trying to be a comic. I mean, you know, who's being a comic, but she's just uh, needs a little bit more. A uh, couple years under her belt, I guess. Although I don't even think it works that way anymore. It just needs a shot. And at the show, uh, our friend Gabriel from Canada came all the way down from Toronto uh, not just to see the show, thank God. I would have I would have told him, dude, do not come down just to see this show. No, he had a whole agenda, and he was passing through New Jersey at the time. So it was great to see him and any of you guys that ever, you know, come to town, you know, definitely come to a show, say hello. It was awesome, and uh, we got to talk for a while. It's a, it's a dry town. There's no other, like, bars. Or, there's no bars in Rutherford, New Jersey. You have to go, like, a town over and... Uh, I guess, you know, I was taking Rachel home and, uh, you know, she didn't want to go out, which kind of makes her, I want to say party pooper, but the thing is, we've never gone out after that show. Like, no, we've, I've always gone home because there's, if there was a bar next door, probably a couple of us would go for a drink, but to have to get in the car and go somewhere is too LA like, and uh, just didn't make any sense. So at least I got to see him for a while. We spoke for a little bit. And then the next day, he uh, told me about uh, that he went to this other sandwich shop, this, like, not Tasty Subs, but this Just Subs, I think, in Woodbridge, New Jersey, you know, where I have my storage locker. And now I got to try that. So thank you, Gabriel, for that. And, uh, you know, that's important stuff that I need to know, where you get a better tuna fish sub than Tasty Subs. And I will make the distinction. And I will say, Gabriel, you're crazy, or Gabriel, you're right on. Because, quite frankly, he was right on with the White Rose System hamburgers that have uh, gone a little downhill since I remember them in 1982. Can you blame them? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I, to I totally get it. So, I don't know. But really great to see somebody, you know, uh, I, I only get to see every five years or so. And, uh, you know, it feels like one of my friends from the podcast. So, uh, that's always a lot of fun. And, I, yeah, Rachel was be. I mean... She, it was also freezing out. And again, you know, you weren't prepared for it. I mean, it was wearing jackets, but it was much colder than you think for, you know, October 15th or 16th or something like that. But the show was good. It was fun. I really do like performing there. And I'm off for the next two weeks because I have parties to go to on Saturdays. And as you know, that's the way I live my life. Rather than work around my comedy shows, I work the parties into the comedy shows. And then I can't do shows that week, which, of course, is stupid because it also this gig pays money, too. And I've chosen not to do it because I'm a moron. 
And there's just no other way to put it. So we're driving home in the car, and I say, hey, uh, would you be interested? I, I mean, I think we're having a good time together. Would you be interested in uh, going to this thing I got to go to on Monday? And then maybe, you know, if you want to come on the show on Tuesday, we can talk about, uh, you know, going to the thing on Monday. And she goes, I would like to do both. And uh, I'm always up for somebody that can actually uh, hang out, you know. She actually canceled her plans to uh, go out on Monday, which was uh, nice. You know, when you date or date or go out with some of these comics, you know, they usually have the little shows that they do every day. I mean, she tries to perform every day, unlike me. And I guess she can... Um, choose to go on or not go on like me but most of them choose to go on and like i'll meet you after the show or i have something after that and you know i like to have somebody for the entire evening but whatever the case may be here's what happened on monday uh, my friend dino stamatopoulos who i've been trying to get on the show for a long time it just has been coincidences like you know where mike uh the producer uh, of the show is uh, you know couldn't get a plane or something like that or it just hasn't worked out and dino's a big halloween guy and he he loves doing stuff, and so Dino, you know, has been on Community. He's best known for Community, I guess. But for me, I know him from TV Funhouse and Conan O'Brien and uh, Moral Oral. Like he's a big Adult Swim. He's a big Adult Swim like legend there. Even though I don't think he likes them anymore, something happened at the time. They would take anything he has, and he loves doing stop motion stuff which, of course, I love. So he had a new stop-motion stuff. I didn't know what this was going to be, but he was touring. And I think I told you I was supposed to see him and George Went, you know, Norm from Cheers. That was the big plan. And I'm like, well, that sounds good. I thought the way it was written, it sounded like a tour of people like that just used to do TV shows, and you're going to get to meet them. I had no idea what it was. But as it turns out, it was an entire Dino because I was wondering why it said, and some Greek guy that used to be on Community. I'm like, that's rude of them. But it was all Dino's doing. He made, this is so brilliant, he made a stop-motion film for, I don't know, like a 20-minute or 15-minute thing. He made a new stop-motion story that I guess he'd like to have on the air again. He just decided to tour with it, and he went to, around the country. I guess he's got a lot of money uh, <laughs> to put, the, I mean, he still makes money from the tour, but... He went around the country. Like, I know there was a stop in New Orleans and L.A. and New York and Chicago to tour with, I guess, his band, which I didn't know, and to show the movie. I, I had no idea this was what it was. So Norm's not there. He's just he got him to do the voice for the for the stop motion movie. I thought he was going to be there. And they said he had covid. So I guess I guess it was a dupe. <laughs> I don't know whether he was supposed to be there or not, and I don't know whether he's in L.A., but remember, I didn't go to see it in L.A. So I said, this is the last day. It's in the East Village on Monday night, and I'm like, wow, I'm going to go out on Monday and do this, and this girl, Rachel, uh, was going to come with me. So I said, well, it starts at 8.30. So I actually went home and took a nap. I really wanted to get home by, like, 2 o'clock so I could nap right away, but, you know, waking up at 5.30 and then going to work the next day at 5.30, I just definitely need a nap in between i don't think it has anything to do with being old i would have taken one at 22 so i took a tiny nap well no at 22 i probably would I, I what i was trying to do when i first got this job was just go out until 8 30 but that has become not something i just can't do anymore i don't think i can't i can't put it you know by 8 30 i would be like i'm done so it's just too difficult 
I mean, on occasion, it de- well, it depends on what it is. And then I don't want to be all drunk sitting through this thing. And thank God I wasn't because something I was surprised of what it was. So anyway, I meet this girl, Rachel, at this bar, my new favorite bar where Paradox works, called Lucky, on 11th and Avenue B, right? Look at old man Juskow hanging around the East Village. So I said, well, let's just meet there. I know Paradox isn't working, but let's meet there. It's a pretty cool bar. Every time I've been there, it's been cool. I'm saying this because of what's coming up next. So I meet her there. She's like the only one in there besides one other dude. It's perfect. And I say, oh, great. And I took the bike down there, of course. She's like, what are you drinking? And this is the bartender. Her name is Zero. Because that's who they hire there. People that have weird names. Paradox and Zero. (laughs) You know, and Bigfoot, of course. But I like that. So... I said, well, you know what? Um, I think I'll have uh, Jack and Coke, something I never order. And she goes, yeah, we don't have Jack Daniels. I'm like, you don't have it today or you don't serve Jack Daniels? She goes, we don't serve Jack Daniels. Now, apparently the owner is listening to this conversation. Uh, she, I, I didn't know she was the owner. That's a, a, an older woman like with gray hair, but cool, like long gray hair. And she looks cool, but she looks tough, like in the back. Or, or maybe I said, get me the owner of this place. She goes, she's right there. And I'm like. I mean, but what I meant when I said, get me the onerous of what it is in this bar that uh, makes a person crazy to shout out something like that is what I actually meant to say. <laughs> Darling, you, you're wonderful. If I could just <clears throat> get a, perhaps just a glass of water or a little bit of the cherry herring from behind the bar, please. Um, so then I'm like, well, why don't you have that? Like, oh, we just don't. Do you want Jameson instead? I said, Jameson and Coke, that sounds disgusting. Here's what we have. And I'm like, uh, so then I get thrown off because I can't believe I made a decision. You know how difficult it is to me for like, what are we doing tonight? How does the night start? How does the night end? I don't want to open with beer because that'll, you know, then I have to go to the bathroom. Well, no, no. Then what happened was I I couldn't make a decision. So she went on to do something else. And then the owner was leaving and she came by and she just started yelling at me. And she goes, listen, troublemaker. We don't sell Jack Daniels here. We don't serve Southern Comfort, and we don't serve anything by Anheuser-Busch. And I'm like, I, I apologize. I didn't realize. It. Because we don't need those kinds of people being in here. This is a nice, respectable place. You want to drink something like that? You can go anywhere else in this stupid neighborhood and get it. But only troublemakers come in. When they see there's no Anheuser-Busch, there's no Bud Light, they leave. And we like it that way. And I'm like, because of course, of course, you, I think you misunderstood what I was saying. What I was saying is like, can I have a Jack and Coke is what I would have said. She she didn't let me finish if I was that kind of guy that was such an asshole that would drink a a beverage such as a sour mash. I said, darling, I love your hair. It's uh, really something special. And she just uh, runs out, (laughs) right? And I'm like, wow, she took me to town. Of course, that's the reason there are only three of us at the bar, probably. But that's the reason also I probably like it because scumbags don't come in there. And she's right. She's got a point that, like, good for her. That I'm like, well, first of all, I haven't drank Southern Comfort in like 30 years. But she took me to town, and it was front of the whole bar. And it was kind of hilarious in front of Rachel. I'm like, well, can... uh, can I have the Miller High Life, the champagne of beers? <laughs> so I got a Miller High Life because the bottle always looks so appetizing because uh, they have PBRs and Miller High Life. I, 
I don't know how that's different, but I'm like, can I have a Miller High Life and a shot of Jameson? And then I figure, you know, drinking that, I do become one of those people, but uh, that's what I decided to have. A beer and a shot, because I just couldn't figure out what to have after that. I just didn't want vodka. And after being taken to town uh, by this woman, I really just wasn't sure what to do. So I'll have the champagne of beers. Miller High Life. If you've got the time, we've got the beer, Miller Beer. If you've got the time, you've got the time, we've got the beer, Miller Beer. So we drink that, and we have one drink, and then I'm like, hey, let's get down to the show. It's about 8 o'clock now, so we walk down. Uh, The show's on 6th and A. We're on 11th and B. Nice, easy walk. We walk in. Bouncer is dorks, and I see IDs, and I'm like, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to show you mine. And he's like, that's fine. Yeah, I figured it might be. <laughs> I don't even have to go to for my wallet anymore. It's perfect. But, of course, the kid, you know, has got to, she's got to show it. We go in, and who's there drinking a Budweiser but the lady who owns the bar, Abigail, from the other bar? And I'm like, What? Wait, whoa, whoa. She goes, well, I, I, I just don't want it at my bar. I don't mind drinking it somewhere else. And I'm like, she's drinking a can of Bud, my favorite. And I'm like, wait, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, you're so busted. Uh, and then she was really cool about it. And then um, we hugged because <laughs> like, it was too. I'm like, can I take a picture and then send it to the people at the bar? Of course, I didn't know anybody at the bar. I didn't take a picture of it. It was just too funny. I said, can, let me buy another one. So we, I got two Bud cans and we drank together and we toasted. And then all of a sudden we were like best friends. Abby, Abigail was her name. I mean, it was so funny. I mean, I, I said, listen, I love your philosophy. It's brilliant. It was, I mean, but let's face it, there's nothing funnier than me just busting you drinking a fucking fun one. You got to go to another bar to get the beer you like the most. That's great. I mean, I really do love it. And she just kept drinking Bud cans all night. Like, but I guess she knows. I don't want scumbags who drink this kind of stuff at my bar. I'm like, I totally understand in the exact same way. I want to drink that stuff, but I don't want them hanging around with me. I totally get it. So that was unbelievable. And then because it's called Baker Falls, it used to be the knitting factory. They were baking cookies. And it smelled amazing in there. Now, I don't like having any desserts, as we talked about, I think, on the Tuesday show. I think we did. I don't like having desserts with alcohol. So I think we did. I can't remember my whole week sometimes. But Rachel wanted a cookie, so I got her a cookie. (laughs) I got the kid a cookie. You know, I had to take her back to the orphanage uh, right after the show. Boy, she said it was delicious, and it certainly smelled good. Nice big cookie. Oh, the smell of the bar. I mean, again, this... You know, this neighborhood, the Lower East Side, the East Side, whatever. No, it's not the Lower East Side. It's the East Village. Well, it used to be called Alphabet City. But they get some really interesting things there. The fact that they bake cookies at this one bar, that they won't serve Jack Daniels at another bar. It's like each bar has its own interesting twist to it, which is kind of cool. And then she introduced me, this girl Abby introduced me to the owner of this particular bar. He seemed really nice, this Baker Falls. And they have a thing in the back, a stage for a band and whatever Dino was doing. So I see Dino and he, you know, he lets us in. We're on the list. We sit down and it's it's a show. It's a it's a band. It's a 
were seeing his band perform. I had no idea that's what it was. And of course, uh, he's making me laugh out loud because he does all the stuff I like to do, you know, and do the, uh, he has some guy come up and they're just doing jokes and like, no, I don't understand. Why do you think, I don't know, whatever it is, he's, he's always breaking the fourth wall and that kind of stuff that I like. And that's why we bonded because we both like that kind of comedy, which is why we always had fun on TV Funhouse. And he, he sang good and he did songs he had written for Moral Oral or maybe the, a couple other shows. I had no idea he played the guitar. He had some female singers with them. They had a drummer and a bass player and a, other, a, a, lead, a lead guitarist. And it, I thought it was fun. I mean, it definitely wasn't what I thought the show, the night was about, but I'm like, you know, let's just relax and enjoy it. I could never be able to tell whether Rachel had a good time or not. I, I can't, these kids today, I just like my school, the uh, kids in my class, I, I, I can't tell whether they like stuff. But I was enjoying drinking my can of Budweiser and watching the show, and I was into the music kind of the way I was at Back to the Future, just kind of bopping around, having a good time. Not knowing what's going on, the the melodies were good enough, and uh, you know I like seeing Dino up there, and it was nice to see him and spend time with them, and it was pretty cool. So then they uh, they, they they set up the screen. They had to set up a screen, like bring a screen and a projector. They were also taping it for, I guess, a, whatever they plan on doing to it. They set up a screen and then showed the stop motion thing. I mean, that's what the night was about, which I didn't know. And what the stop motion thing is, it's a bar in space. It's brilliant in the sense of, boy, you can do anything with that. And they have lots of creatures and lots of, you know, puppets he's made out of clay or whatever. And, you know, he's just so good at this. And I know he has a place and I don't know whether he gave it up in Burbank where they can do all this stuff that he was able to buy from community money when he made this community stop motion special. And I guess he still has it and he can just make all this amazing stop motion in it. I... I don't know when he has time to do it. I know he lives in New York now, but boy, it was really entertaining. And George Went uh, plays one of the guys who sits at the bar all day long and brilliant, but they just have him cursing all the time. And so it's great to have Norm from Cheers be at the bar and just be like, listen, you scumbag motherfucker, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> like you just have him cursing away. And that got big laughs and people knew what they were in for, except for me and Rachel and, you know, enjoyed it thoroughly. And it was really super fun. And the best is also they have <laughs> they have Michael Winslow from Police Academy in the in the show, and he does no voiceover. And they keep begging, they're like, so he's like, oh, I heard you had car trouble today. Like, yes, I did. And what kind of car trouble? I don't know. It was making some sort of noise. And what noise would that be? I don't know. You know, like a, just a clicking. Like he wouldn't do the voices, which was so funny. So people got that, and it got big laughs. And then the thing was over, and he goes, oh, you know, we have another, that was the end of the show, and then we have another band coming up or whatever. And I'm like, are we supposed to stay for this? It was just like a regular band. And I'm like, um, I, I don't want to be rude, but I want to go. And she definitely wanted to go. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think we get, they just started playing. I'm like, what, what does this have to do with anything? I guess it was one of Dino's friends, but the weird part is, is the band that came after the show was what Abby, the, the bar owner from the last place from Lucky, was there to see. She's like, I was just here to see this band. I didn't know what this was in, in advance. You know, the band started at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night on a Monday, and I'm like, no, nah, I, I, I didn't sign up for this. I mean, you know, if Dino had said, like, you're not staying, I'm like, uh, uh, maybe I would have felt bad, but thank God I bought that girl. I'm like, nah, I got to get the kid back to the orphanage. <laughs> she used that line all the time. 
that's the beauty about bringing a girl. You can always just leave and people think you have, you know, something or you're going to do something. I mean, having an excuse, if I was there by myself, it's hard. I'm like, well, I mean, I guess they would have understood if I had to work in the morning. They do know I do that. But anyway, we're able to get out. And then Dino went in to see the band and he goes, you know, I heard Louis here. And I'm like, he is? Louis C.K. I'm like, well, I like, and then she goes, oh, Louis C.K.'s here? Can we meet him? And I'm like, I, I, no. Or did I? Yeah, I guess she said, but I was thinking of The Godfather again. I'm like, you know, um, oh, damn, what's the Frank Sinatra guy in that? Uh, how could I forget? Joey, oh, man. In The Godfather. What, Mike, Mike, what can I do? What shit? Mike, you know I do anything for my Godfather. God damn it, I can't remember the guy's name, the Frank Sinatra type guy. He goes, you know, yeah, want to meet him? <gasps> really? That's what I was doing with uh, Louie because, you know, he definitely has that kind of status in the comedy world. And I said, you don't have a problem with him or anything? She's like, no. I'm like, I'm just checking. You fucking crazy young kids. Just don't give anybody a break anymore. Like, you never told me you knew Johnny Fontaine. You want to meet him? Huh? Oh, sure. So he was just in there watching the show. I guess they all know this guy who put the band together because then Dina was just sitting there watching too. So I saw Louis sitting there watching and I just go up and I go and I just put out my hands like, uh, like, you know, he doesn't know any, like, I don't know. I was just doing a bit and then he was annoyed and then he saw me and he's like, oh, and he got up and he hugged me and I introduced him to Rachel. She couldn't have been more than thrilled which was great. I said, see, I told you I used to be somebody. <laughs> and then he was asking me if I was in this voiceover of a commercial. He goes, it sounds like you. You sure it's not you? And I'm like, yeah, my wallet says it's not. And he goes, oh. And I'm like, yeah, I'd like to do more of those, but uh, no, it was not me. So then he was just sitting there watching the band intently, which was really polite. And Dino was sitting there. I'm like, Dino, I, I, I got to go. Are you all right? He's like, yeah. And the next day I asked him, like, you sure you're all right? You just seemed like... Uh, a little out of it while you're sitting. He goes, I had too many girlfriends around, too many old girlfriends or girlfriends. And I'm like, oh, I I get that. And he does. Like, he's always got girlfriend issues and stuff, and he's always got multiple ones. It's so funny. So I assume maybe he was dating one of the lead, one of the singer, the backup singers, and he had some other girls there. It's just so funny. So the two men just, they were sitting in different places, just sitting in the band like, oh, we need a breather from the ladies. Then I left, but it was uh, that was a pretty good night for a Monday. It's a pretty good night for a Monday night. And uh, I walked into the subway because it was on my way home on First Avenue. And then um, as we watched uh, two rats go into the subway, I'm like, are you sure you want to get in that subway? She's like, yeah, I'm used to it. I'm like, you sure you want to go in at this time of night? Cause she's got to go to Brooklyn. I don't like it. I don't like seeing a girl get on that train. It was before midnight, so I usually have a rule like after midnight, please take an Uber, but I guess she doesn't have the money to do that. And I said, well, you can stay at my place if you want to. I mean, she's like, no, nah, I got to work in the morning. It's right near my house. I'm like, all right. You know what she does also, which I don't think we talked about on the show. Sometimes she takes people on drawing tours in Brooklyn, and uh, I'm like, boy, that's kind of, why didn't we mention that on the show? Maybe I didn't find out about it until after the show. Yeah, she's kind of interesting. Remember, she's a really good artist, too, so I'd like to take advantage of that and stuff. I got a plan for her in the sense, like, you know, like I latch on to some of these kids that I like if I think they're good. I, I think she'd be good on, like, a goth night. Her comedy is very morbid and, like, Wednesday Adams, you know? 
I think if we, uh, I know it doesn't sound right, like we goth people are going to laugh, but the goth people that I know, like Paradox and and Lori, my friend Lori and those kind of guys, they laugh heartily. I think there's a misconception that they're, are certain kinds of goth. There are the goth that live their life in goth, and then there are the ones that pretend to be goth who won't laugh at anything. But the ones who are okay with themselves love to laugh. It's an idea. Anyway, I'm like, well, I'm starving now. Uh, so let me stop at that halal place. And then I'm like, halal, Hamas, wait, is that a good plan? I think it is, but certainly it's in my head nowadays. You know, the good thing about this Hamas thing, well, there's no good thing about it. But what's good is, you know, you see these pictures of these fucking douchebags these college students obviously who are ripping down posters of hostages i mean you gotta be kidding right no matter what side you're on i mean like you know nobody should be on the side of terrorism which we all know is is happening something is something is broken down in our system you know you you're either israeli or you're palestinian but you can't possibly be on the side of hamas but these kids who know nothing it's not like the 60s when they were a little bit more educated or maybe they weren't. I mean, this is what happens in all societies. Kids sometimes have the wrong message and they're ripping down posters right here in the city of uh, people that are, you know, hostages. It, it's, it's real fucked up. The good news is, and especially at these schools where they're having protests, is that hedge funds and banks and real high up organizations are taking names and taking notice. And if they turn up on that list, when they're looking for work, when they graduate, they won't get work. They're taking the names of these kids. It's fantastic. I mean, at least, who knows? You know, we know these kids don't want to work anymore anyway, but some of them, they, I just read today, three high-profile profile, three high profile people at Citibank and um, a couple of organizations like that two of them, the prettiest women I've ever seen, were all fired because they're putting out, maybe Hitler did the right thing. Now you've got to be a fucking moron to put that out on Instagram and think you're going to keep your job, right? I've been afraid to post anything. My colleagues are posting stuff all the time. I'm just afraid to post anything at this age and somehow I made it, well, you know, I already been me too, I guess, but I, you know, so. I, I just don't need any trouble, and I, I don't even know as you know as an uninformed voter what I'm doing. I'm just glad that there are people taking steps. People who contribute to Harvard are taking their donations back. Big contributors to Harvard, University of Pennsylvania. If they see those goings on and the college isn't doing anything, they're taking back their donations. That's fantastic stuff because this is, you know, we're going to a level of sickness where they're pretty much saying, yeah. You, you know, Hitler had the right idea. I mean, that that's what basically these kids are thinking. This is a horrible, it's a horrible situation. But anyway, I went to that stupid halal place because I was right there. But I can't tell you, I'm not thinking about it every day when I'm riding my bike. Is somebody going to mow me down because I'm wearing my yarmulke? Okay, no, I'm not wearing my yarmulke. You know, I mean, that makes me nervous. Getting into a cab does make me a little nervous. I don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. I know that sounds a little bit racist too, but... You know, this is the situation we're dealing with on a daily basis. You just don't know who your attacker is going to be and how mad somebody is and, you know, the message that's being unfortunately spread around at this really, really weird time in our world, not just country. 
So I went to the uh, place and I got, uh, I just got a, instead of getting the platter, I just got like the sandwich. And then I'm like, well, I could take it on the bike, but it was too cold. It was just too cold again. And I wasn't dressed right. So I actually took a cab. God, I hate taking those taxis. I was waiting for it for a while. I'm like, how did taxis still exist? I could have easily called an Uber by now and it already would have been here. I mean, uh, taxis just suck. And I don't know. I was just, I really just hate taking a taxi, but I just couldn't bear to be out any longer knowing full well I got to wake up, you know, at 530 in the morning. It's just, uh, you know, that's why I ride the bike home or walk home because I'm usually not in a rush. But when you know you got to wake up that early, it just uh, freaks out, I guess, a little bit. So I did that. I ate a little something and then uh, woke up, what, three three hours later. God damn it. But was in a pretty good mood when I woke up because I knew that was the last day of waking up. But that's all changing. They found somebody to work that Wednesday shift. So now I got to do three days a week at 530 and I'm miserable about it. Oh, man, I am not happy. I don't know. Might have to rethink this job. No, I don't hate it, but three days a week, it's too early to wake up. I'll figure out something because it you know, bothers my head mentally. Anyway, after the show on Tuesday, Rachel and me and Mike went to a bar, had a, like a drink, and uh, you know, Rachel left. We had another one, which I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and I'm like, eh, why not? I don't have to wake up on Wednesday. You know, I'm like, eh, I'll have another one. And then Mike's like, hey, this girl's looking at me. And I'm like, come on. And he's like, no, because my back was turned to her the whole time. And she leaves. And Mike goes, I'm going to run out after. I'll see you later. And he just, I haven't heard from him since. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> I, I couldn't have been more than impressed uh, by doing that, but... and it, you might be right. I mean, I did look around and it did look like the girl was looking at him. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Right? It's like, you know, how like girls always run out. You got this, right? I mean, I'm always going to pay for Mike because that's, you know, for doing the show and everything, even though I know he, he gets paid, but I'd like always like to pay him a little extra. But it's kind of like the same thing that keeps happening. You got this, right? I mean, of course I had it. That, that's not a factor in this point, but. Um, you know, it is kind of funny that he just <laughs> runs out of me. He's like, yeah, you let's get another beer. And he just he just left his beer and just took off. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll leave too. Oh, my God. Again, my bag is so heavy. I got two computers in there. You know, I got to k- take my bag home. Oh, my God, it's so heavy. I walked for a little bit. I think I must have taken the bike afterwards because I couldn't walk. And it's just a, that knapsack is too heavy. I'm like, I just need to get home, I think. I feel bad because it was a beautiful night and a great night to walk. But Karen, two computers around walking, you know, three miles. That's a lot to ask. I don't know whether it's good for you or not. I think a heavy knapsack and walking is good for you. Don't they do that in Rocky Four? They carry stuff? or Isn't that how you train? But I can't tell whether it's hurting my back or not because I've been having a lot of back problems lately. They usually... I don't have, and I can't tell whether it's that. It seems like that should straighten you out. You're walking properly with that, but I, I can't tell. Actually, if somebody could tell me if that's good for you or bad for you, I'd like to know. It feels like it should pull me back that I stand up straight and walk and not hunch me over. I can't figure it out. It's driving me crazy. Anyway, Wednesday, I'm like, all right, great. Wednesday, I get to sleep in. 
And of course, of course, there is major jackhammering going on at the building where Donald Trump Jr. used to live all day, all day, from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m., jackhammering. Not just when they mowing the lawn or blowing the leaves, jackhammering. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. It's right out of a movie. You finally have a day to sleep, and there is consistent jackhammering going on. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't see where it was coming from. Finally, at 3.30 when I left because I wanted to get coffee for work, I leave, I'm like, uh, I said to the doorman, I'm like, uh, I'm going to get some coffee, and then I'm going to see who the fuck is making that jackhammering noise. I'm going to punch him in the face. And he, he thought that was funny. So I went to go see where the jackhammering was coming from. It was coming from the building next door. And I went around to the guys, and I just gave him a look. You know, what am I going to say? Oh, but boy, did I have Remember I was talking about being mad? Being mad? You know how it is. I mean, I don't know if you know how it is, but that jackhammering, when it's keeping you up, you want to pull a Michael Douglas falling down shit. I want to get a gun, point it at the guy, shoot him as an example. <laughs> I, you That's how violent you get in your head. It's a form of torture that would make... I'm surprised more construction people with jackhammering don't get shot every day or punched in the face because it is a form of torture. You cannot concentrate on anything. And, I, and I'm sitting here in a building across the street, higher up. It shouldn't affect me at all, but it, it does, and it affects your mind. Obviously, I would never do that, but I mean, I could see where somebody would, where, you know, they, they made that movie where somebody did, and he couldn't take the construction anymore. He just can't take it anymore. <sighs> I go in, uh, across the street, the really pretty girl, of course, uh, I think her name is Nadja this time, the one who makes the chalk outlines on the thing, which, of course, we're all erased today by rain. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'll have regular coffee today. And, I especially, and then she goes, we have one of the few And I'm like, what? We have a spit. She just kept repeating it. Rum infused. Did you say rum infused? Yes. I, I couldn't understand a word she was saying. And I'm like, all right, I'll just have that. She just kept saying it as if it was like, they told her to exactly what to say, and she had to say it the right way each time or somebody was going to uh, record her and have her fired. <laughs> you know, I drank it, and I'm like, this is delicious. You know what it took away was the bitterness of coffee. Now, I like some people like the bitterness of coffee, but at 3.30 in the afternoon, I don't need the bitterness of coffee. So there was no bitterness. So I really enjoyed it. It was very good. I don't know what it was, whatever she said. I know it was rum-infused, but I don't think it was... I can't imagine it was actually rum. I mean, I didn't have a, I didn't, I don't think it's alcoholic or anything. I, I don't know. It was good. It was good. Of course, it cost $8 for a small cup, but that's where I go on Wednesdays. And sometimes Tuesdays when we're uh, filming from home, which we're going to be doing for the next two weeks for the Tuesday show virtually, which I'm upsetting because I love filming, taping upstairs. It's so much fun having a conversation. When an hour and a half, pretty much me just talking. That girl, Rachel, is very easy to talk to. And she seems fascinated by the old school comedy and that kind of stuff. So I like that. She seems to want to know about the history of comedy. And that's why I like a good student. All my bulbs are running out. You know, it's time to buy new bulbs, right? So I, I got in my, um, you know, where the shoe, right, the new shoe cabinet is, uh, the lights went out when I came home from Disney World. Dory never told me. You know, she could have said, 
Uncle David, the lights are out in the hall. I'm like, Dad, thanks for nothing. I could have had balls by the time I got back, jerk off. I'm so mad at her. And, um, well, no, I'll tell you right now. You're going to want to spend the $10 on Patreon for the bonus show. I have the greatest picture of me and Rhoda yesterday in the car. And I cannot even believe it. If any, I don't know if any of you remember any of this, but I used to do this show, Puppet Picks. For my for football picks, it's all on YouTube. You can look it up. And every gag was that we're riding around and there's a sign that says Bridge Out. And then we go, well, that sign up says, says Bridge Out. What do you mean it says Bridge Out? Well, why, why would I worry? Bridge Out! Oh! You know, the, the typical uh, 80s, uh, every 80s comedy that's ever been invented. You have to relax like me. Being a St. Bernard, I always carry a barrel of booze on me. In fact, I just took a drink before we started. Oh, well, that's... Do you what? I said I took a drink before we... Wait a minute, what does that sign say? Does that sign just say bridge out? Bridge out? Bridge out? five six episodes on just bridge out so i'm driving with my mother yesterday and there's a sign that says bridge out i couldn't even believe it i stopped the car took a picture of the bridge out sign and then have a picture of me and my mother going whoa (laughs) and i'm putting them together and you're able to see it in the bonus show and i promise you it is entertaining (laughs) it's they send it i was like i said it my niece both my nieces and my sister i we were on a group text yesterday because of something that happened with the show Cake Boss. Then I said, I can't believe I forgot to show you this. And I showed him the bridge out thing. And then I showed him the picture of me and Grammy. And it was priceless. Anywho, I have a couple of dimmer switches that I put in. So, you know, I have to get non, I have to get dimmable bulbs. And of course, Amazon sent me non-dimmable bulbs. I screwed, and it was tough to get up there. I'm like, this is how I'm going to die. You know, they're really, it's really high up and I'm standing up there and it's completely dangerous. And all I keep thinking about is when I sat on the glass table and I'm like, well, this was the unassuming thing, you know, that you're never expecting changing a light bulb. That's the stuff that's going to kill you. It's not going to be the normal thing of, you know, getting killed by a Hamas guy or something, the normal thing. And I'm, and then, of course, it's just flickering. I'm like, why is it flickering? And then I look at the box. It says non-dimmable. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I got to bring that back. Got to get other bulbs. What a pain in the ass. But then I have to get, I want to get, but then it, they were like daylight. I don't know. What's the difference between daylight and soft white? There's so many options. And then I looked it up and I'm like, all right, wait, I want soft light for the living room, but I want daylight for the kitchen. What a pain in the ass. Light bulbs. Does anybody still change light bulbs anymore? I feel like that should be something that's out with the past. And meanwhile, I got these other bulbs that aren't dimmable in my hallway closet. I haven't had to change that light bulb in like five years because they're like electric saving. They just take a little bit of time to go on, like in the bathroom. It's amazing. That's the bulbs you want. I just, for some reason, I wanted them dimmable. I don't even know the fuck why. I don't think I ever used the dimmer switch and was one of those ideas i'm gonna start getting a dimmer switch i'm gonna have install it in fact danny installed it so that must have been 20 years ago or maybe it was 15 years ago danny is now a doorman it was when he was a porter and then he installed well let me look around yeah i don't have the dimmer switch in the bedroom because i never turn on the lights in the bedroom well now i have to because i wake up and it's dark and i actually need the light i haven't had to turn the light in my bedroom on in like 20 years i always keep it dark because that's what you want to do 
you know, for sleepers. Or, you know, there's so much daylight in here. I never need the light. But now I need it because I wake up at, you know, 5.30 and it's still dark and I got to see what I'm going to wear. Very important to match. And he installed my banana splits light switch, <laughs> which I still have. And now here's the banana splits. It's time for official Banana Splits Club business. Bingo, as official temporary second banana, please check attendance. Yeah, but we all know who's here, Fleeg. Why don't I just check off the names of the members who aren't here? Hey, how are you going to do that, Bingo? Well, I'll just say, all the members of the Banana Splits who aren't here, do not raise your hands. My banana splits light switch. He must have thought I was out of my mind when he was like, and can you put this one on? Oh, what do you got? Uh, children's saying here? Sure. Let's uh, <clears throat> see that. <whistles> anyway, Thursday was the last class of the semester. I get to teach again in a couple of months. I'm very excited about it. Really like it. It was the last class. Everybody's just reading their phones. I don't have to put anything together. So Wednesday wasn't a mishmash of you know, trying to get stuff together. Last class, it was beautiful. I, uh, I, I, well, first I went down to see my mom and then, so we could pick up her car with the new catalytic converter or whatever they do to, God, I hope, I hope they didn't have a new, I, I wonder what happens with the new ones. Is she going to get struck again? I mean, how does it work? Do you, you know, do you even need a catalytic converter anymore? So I don't know what they do, but we had to pick up the car. Oh, this is great, right? We go down, I, I go, well, maybe she'll buy me some, you know, a tank of gas. Sometimes she goes, oh, David, let me, let me at least pay for your gas. I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, maybe she'll buy me a take of gas. We go to the, the shop. We go visit Aunt Judy first because it's right by where she keeps the car. And I'm like, well, I thought we can go visit Aunt Judy. And she's like, well, I'm not going inside. But so she just stayed in the car, and Aunt Judy and Uncle Bob came out to talk to us just for a couple minutes. And then we went to the place, and my mother gave him the – she didn't get the insurance check yet, but she gave him the card to um, – uh, pay for the, the catalytic converter, which is about $3,000. But insurance is going to pay for about $2,800 of it, so it's all good. And then I see her put the card away, and I'm like, you know, you sure you want to make sure you put that in the right space so you know where it is? Yeah, I got you. I'm like, you sure? Because it's, it looked like you just kind of put it away, and you're not going to be able to find it again. No, no, I got it. I, I did that the right way. <laughs> and, of course, we go out to get gas. Both of our cars line up. I line up hers. I pull hers out and put it to the gas tank. She goes, well, I don't know. You know that sometimes they don't have people working the pumps. And I'm like, why wouldn't they have people working the pumps? I don't know if you know in New Jersey, you can't pump your own gas. So you have to have somebody working there. And it was definitely a guy where I'm like, mom, I'm positive this guy is working here. I think he just got here. He's working here. He's wearing the outfit. Why would he wear an outfit if he's not working here? So I pull up her car. I pull up my car right behind it. It's a shell station. And uh, the guy's like, what do you need? And I'm like, mom, uh, they, they need the... You know, yes, and, and normally I, I I I would pay for it, but I know she doesn't like when I pay for it, just like my sister doesn't. So like, they need the credit card, and then she's like, "Where is this credit card?" And this guy has got—he's one guy. He's got all these cars. I told you in Jersey, it's like the 1950s. There, you got to take care of all the customers, uh, and it's piling up. And I go here, just take mine and put it on both things. So I was like, D-. "I said, damn it!" <laughs> so I had to pay for her gas and my gas. I completely got screwed. I didn't even get her to pay for uh, a tank of gas. I had to pay for hers. And I'm like, I'm ner- after California, I'm a little nervous about spending. That's all. So, but nothing was funnier than that. I'm like, you can't find your car. You can't find your card, can you? No, I could have sworn I put it. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. And we had this conversation. 
So she's sitting outside the car. She goes, what is that ringing? Why won't it go off? I'm like, you got to pull the key out. It's, it's already making me nervous. Then she's sitting there. She goes, God, I hope I remember how to drive. And I'm like, Mom, you're not making me feel good about leaving you here. Do you want me to follow you home? I can't, and I say, I can't follow her home. I have to go up to the school. I have to. I don't know what to do. I'm like, yeah, why, why don't we, I tell you what, why don't we leave your car at Aunt Judy's and you call a, an Uber or a Lyft and take you home if you're not feeling good? She goes, no, I'll be fine. I'm like, you're not making me feel comfortable that you're fine. You, you're telling me you don't remember how to drive. That's not instilling confidence because she hadn't used her car for like a, a month because it was that, you know, getting, if she didn't use it, then she was going to use it. And then it, you know, the catalytic converter thing happened. Uh, she texted me when she got home, but I, I, I guess I knew she'd make it, but it certainly isn't. I know she's going to tell us when she's done, which will probably be next year. And she's been pretty good about letting us know, you know, we, I don't think we're going to have to have an intervention with her. Like we thought we like a lot of kids have to have with their parents, mom and time it's time to move out. She's been pretty good about letting us know when she's done, but it must be extremely close. And again, you know, she's just sitting there going, huh? I don't know. I hope I remember how to drive. I'm like, oh. So then I just uh, go on with my day. I can't worry about it. I, I know she's going to make it. I told you. She ain't going anywhere. She's going to live to be 120. It's going to be fucking annoying for, for the rest of my life. She's going to be alive. I'm totally, she's totally going to outlive me and Beth, or at least me. No, I'll probably be alive. Like I said, I'll be alive until I'm 120, but poor. That's the torture. That it is. And it's something I did in my past life. Anyways, the last class, right? I go and meet with one of the professors before and so I can ask, can I ask you something about the three credit stuff? Like, what kind of assignments do I give? I don't even know. So we have the reading of the classes. Uh, the reading of, I told you, the finals, which is, you, you know, a time travel device and meet in a historical figure. Three people picked Adolf Hitler as their historical figure. And it was great. Uh, at first, I got a little nervous about just, talking about Hitler so easily, especially of what's going on in the world right now. But I got to say that I think the kids did a really good job. Nobody was like, I'm going to kill Hitler. They spoke to him at different points in his life. But, they, you know, at the end they said, and if you fuck up, I swear to God, I will come up and kill baby Hitler. But they really tried to kind of talk him out of one had a really interesting one. I didn't know that some guy was supposed to kill him like in a battle in World War One. I. I guess it's a Famous story I didn't know, and the guy didn't take the shot, and he regrets it, and that's the kid he talked to. Some of them were really good. And then I, and then one guy did a really great job. He did JFK, and he time-traveled to a used car lot where they were getting a car from the drive-in, and he said, let me give you one with a nice covering on it, which was very brilliant. At the beginning, he said, it's funny that we can make fun of these things now. And then I explained to them about crimes and misdemeanors the Woody Allen movie, and I said, if you really want to see a really terrific movie that a lot of other directors say is a masterpiece, you see this Crimes and Misdemeanors. There's one part where this guy, Alan Alda, and his character, his pompous character, is talking about comedy and history, and history plus time equals tragedy. No, tragedy plus time equals comedy. And it's like uh, the night Lincoln got shot. You couldn't make fun of it then, but time passes, and it's fair game. I love New York. I was born in that building right there. Behind the, the guy, uh, the statue there, the guy in the pedestal. I love New York. It's like a, it's like thousands of uh, straight lines just looking for a punchline, you know? Then what makes New York such a funny place is that there's so much tension and pain and misery and craziness here. And they got that's the first part of comedy. 
But see, you got to get some distance from it. You know what I mean? That the main, the thing to remember about comedy is if it's if it bends, it's funny. If it breaks, it's not funny. So you got to get back from the pain. You see what I mean? But the, the uh, like they said, they asked me up in uh, uh, at Harvard. A bunch of kids asked me, what, "What's comedy?" So I said, and then this this is part of what I'm trying to say about getting back from. They, I, I said, "Comedy is tragedy plus time. Tragedy plus time." See when. The night Lincoln was shot, you couldn't joke about it. You couldn't make a joke about that. He just couldn't do it. Now time has gone by, and now it's fair game. See what I mean? It's tragedy plus time. Okay, we're out. That's it? So fast? I shut up ten rolls on your first question. And I was explaining that to them, and I'm like, yeah, see, it's like with time. He goes, well, how come people are making fun of 9-11 at this point? I'm like, well, I guess in this day and age, 20 years is enough, and I don't know. You know, that. I mean, for me... Being in this profession of comedy and David Tell was making fun of 9-11 the first day, you know, I mean, not making fun, but he had, you know, really amazing jokes that I probably even somebody who died in 9-11 would think is funny because I think it's about, you know, the horrible terrorists or something. He, you know, Tell knows how to craft a joke that can make the the, the worst person probably laugh. Um, he, he is a genius, a true genius, so... So it's hard for me to say, like, you know, he's been making 9-11 jokes. Family Guy's been making 9-11 jokes, you know, maybe 10 years. So it is kind of weird. Maybe that that time has just gotten shorter, and therein maybe lies a class in itself. Tragedy plus time. Let's find out that timeline. When is it good? It could be just a year. But again, with social media and the people knowing each other, it's probably just a much shorter period of time than it was when Lincoln uh, got shot. But it is interesting, isn't it? that we uh, certainly do lots of comedy bits with Lincoln getting assassinated. And, uh, you know, that's, I mean, now it's a hundred and so years, 150 years or so. But it's funny because in, you know, 1960, they were probably doing Lincoln bits and it was only a hundred years ago. It's kind of, I always, you know, think about, it, I'm like, Jesus, I was born like just only, only my mom's, my mom's almost a hundred. I was born a hundred years after Lincoln was alive. That's <laughs> like, uh, and the worst part is, you know, I got, 11 kids in the class, they all went. I was spending a lot of time talking. I was having a good time because it was the last class. I was making fun of the kids. They were making fun of me. And then uh, one kid didn't get to go because we ran out of time. But it, it, it felt bad because, but his was, I knew, I read his already. It was five pages long. And I'm like, what am I going to, I'm going to save him for last. And then I said to myself, if I run out of time, it's not going to be that big a deal because his paper was all over the place. And everybody had to go. You know, what are you going to do? But then everybody stayed till about 7.30 where I give them my, last day advice and tell them to live their life and make sure you're not like those Harvard guys that, you know, you, you know, you guys in a, in a polite way didn't, aren't going to Harvard, maybe not getting the opportunity that these guys get and immediately start writing on TV shows. But that's why a lot of TV sucks because they're not experiencing life. I explained to them about midnight Paris and Ernest Hemingway and meeting some like that. That's a guy that was like an amazing writer that, you know, went to war and cause he needed to write about it. I don't expect you to go to war, but I'm saying this is the kind of stuff you want to have personal knowledge and, you know, you want to get jobs. But, you know, I said you've picked the hardest profession to get work in. You know, it's one of the hardest entertainment field is a really difficult try to get work job. And, you know, it's going to be really tough. And just, you know, make sure you meet, you know, friends in college will help you. And I explained to them, I said, the reason I have this job right now, friend from college I met in 1983. So the people you meet now are the people you never know can help you later. So friendship and connections are 
extremely important. Now should be the best time of your life, even if it doesn't seem that way. And I leave you on that note. Because that is the kind of positivity note we should all be taking. This could be the best times of our life. It's the fall in New York City, but it's the fall everywhere. It's a beautiful time of the year with upcoming Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's a beautiful time of the year technically to be alive. There's just a lot of unfortunate, unfunny shit going on in the world. But I guess that's the whole key. Let's have a good time while we can. And this is the time of the year to do it before everything gets super depressing after New Year's, as you know. So that's the show for this week. What do we have on Billy Joel? Why Judy? Why? Off uh, what? Piano Man? Yes, I think so. Never heard the song in my life, but it's a pretty good song. Otherwise, see you on the Tuesday show this week and on another episode of Just Gal in the City next week on all these Just Gal stations.